What's up guys, it's Nicola and Aryan back again for another snapshot recap. We've got three new snapshots to go over, so let's jump right in. Alright, so the first snapshot that we uh, that Mojang released was on October 11th, 2023. It's It basically just adds Realm support for all versions, some new functionality for decorated pots, and reintroduces some function-related commands with a couple bug fixes and command limits. It added the general custom name tag and custom, visible, custom name visible, um, if that's set. And the functions, they added a couple new functions with uh, changing slash execute and slash function with how those things work. They added a new limit uh, with game rule max command fork count uh, with a couple different stuff under there, changing the slash execute and the slash return uh, commands as well. The data pack version is now 20. There is a couple new realms features, uh, which uh, realms are now available in snapshots, which is pretty interesting, as well as pre-releases and release candidates. And um, any player with an active realm subscription is able to create a free snapshot realm, uh, which is separate from the regular realm to prevent any issues with the actual realm. Uh, the version of the last played world on a realm is displayed in the realms list so that there can't be any conflict there. And exper experiments are also available for newly created worlds. They also had a bunch of bug fixes from release versions before 1.20, from 1.20, from 1.20.1, 1.20.2, and the previous development version. Uh, so that's it with the minor bug fixes on uh, 23W41A. I, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on those. There's nothing really that stands out, Aryan. Yeah, it's mostly major. Um, it's mostly like the minor stuff, like all those details that Mojang just wants to get um, hammered out. I mean, there's a reason why like no one knows about these snapshots. They're pretty minor stuff. That I mean, they do change the game for sure, but it's not game breaking as stuff we'll talk about later in this episode and future episodes. But just mostly like the minor stuff, like like player name tags and all the like bugs, fixes, and all those minor stuff that kind of make the difference. But yeah, you can continue. For sure. Yeah. So now one of the uh really the only big thing that's uh, notable in this snapshot is that decorated pots can actually now store up uh, items up to a single stack of items. So this is kind of like if you remember the bundle that they released, um, that they plan to release, but never, I don't think they actually did release it. I'm not sure about that. But um, this is kind of similar, but in like block form where you can store up to a stack of items and which they, they couldn't do before. Before it was just a pot that was decorated, but it kind of makes sense to be able to place stuff in there because, well, it's a pot, right? So that's what you expect to put, to be able to use with it. So it's pretty interesting that they'll use that. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how that, that can come into effect into the next couple of releases and snapshots later on, right? Yeah, so more about the bundle. It's actually like an experimental feature in the game right now. So I think you can turn it on if you want. But it's not really in the game officially. I mean, it is a like a really good idea. Like it's like a shulker box, except it's pretty easier to get, and then you can store my items. It's a pretty good idea. But I guess Mojang just want does want to like replace shulker boxes with like a new bundle. Um, but more about the decorated pot feature. I actually think it's pretty interesting, and it'll be used a lot in the future, like for escape rooms or hiding any items in like a big server. Um, if people don't know about it, people like won't know like the items are in the pot. So maybe if there's no like visual cue or something that the items are in the pot, then it'd be pretty cool to see like how uh, players will like use the decorative pots not only for like decorative pots but mostly for like hidden chests or like storing some item. 
For sure, yeah. It's definitely interesting to see how game developers, or sorry, map developers will be able to implement it in their different maps, especially since there is no GUI for the decorated pots. So like in chests, when you right click on it, it shows what's inside of the chest. Here you just have to break it and it'll fall out, right? Which um, you're really, it's gonna be difficult to see if something's in there, right? And you're gonna have to break a pot, which I mean, it's pretty hard to get a pot. So if you wanna check that's if something's in there, it's really more like, um, per, like I guess, yeah, it, it'll be just permanent storage, really. Maybe, like, it's it's just harder to get stuff out, you know? So, I guess that's it for Snapshot 23W41A. Now, Snapshot 23W42A uh, was a snapshot released on October 18th, 2023. Uh, and it's basically, in general, is that it adds a couple new 1.21 1 experiments and it fixes a couple bugs so to get in mo into more detail for that it added the player's nether portal default delay game rule and the player's nether portal creative delay nether rule which base uh yeah which basically just adds like the the amount of time that you have to wait inside the nether, por nether portal to be teleported um which I, as if you can remember in creative you get teleported instantly uh, when you go through another portal while in survival you have to wait those couple ticks to get through which could be helpful in like if you want to change it for like especially like for example manhunt situations where you want to run through and you want to get through that portal as fast as possible or speedruns and you want to really um, escape the hunter and not have him kill you that could be interesting to see how that could be used there as well as the projectiles can break blocks uh, game rule which basically just uh, says if you can if you shoot something which with a projectile it'll break it um, as well, it changes. It changed a couple of things for the loading screen for handling corrupt level files. Uh, it added the hide splash text option, which I mean, why would you ever hide splash text? They're just so fun, you know. Um, and the, they also added a new white smoke particle type. Uh, the decorated pot now appears in the redstone tab of the creative inventory, which I guess hints at how how Mojang wants us to be using the decorated pot. Um, they added a custom structures. They changed a couple of stuff with those. The data pack version is now 21. Um, the entity format NBT tab for TNT was changed a bit, or stuff inside of the TNT was changed. They added a couple of stuff in the raw JSON text format, and the resource pack version is now 19. They also added the firework rocket tag into the impact projectiles entity tag. Um, they also fixed a bunch of bugs again from all, all the different uh, sections of the game and that were there for a while or that have been introduced in the previous snapshot. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on these, the minor changes of this snapshot, Arjun? Yeah, so before, I, I know in creative mode, you can just go through a nether portal instantly and like instantly TP through. I know like, it, was really, it was really cool like, like not having to wait in a portal. Like for example, if you're in creative mode, you can just go flying into the portal instead of waiting inside the portal for like a couple seconds. I mean, yeah, it is pretty annoying in survival mode, especially in speedruns, to like wait in that portal for a couple seconds. It kind of ruins your run. And also like if you're being attacked by like a magma cube in the nether or like, some creeper in the overworld while you're in the portal, it's kind of annoying. Like if a portal, portal breaks while you're inside the portal. So I guess like Mojang is allowing us to like customize that game role, which is actually, I mean, I guess it's like, Again, one of the minor changes, but it will affect some people. Like, being able to customize, like, the little things, like, when you enter another portal, how much time it takes until you go through. Um, yeah, I guess, like, in definitely in speedruns, it could be used as another role to just help speedruns 
move on faster yeah yeah for sure it's really just like for it's a really niche feature but can be super useful to those who really need that feature you know it's definitely one of those kinds of features that mojing has been introducing anyway moving on we've got the um uh one of the major features that they've added inside of the experimental editions is the crafter now the crafter is super interesting because it basically provides a um, automatic crafting system uh, now to go into a bit more depth than that, the, it's a variant of, a, of the crafting table which can be crafted with five iron ingots, a crafting table, two redstone dust, and a dropper in the crafting table. They can be oriented in any direction when placed, and a pickaxe can increase the speed of mining them. Uh, they have a user interface similar to the crafting table, a 3x3, and their crafting grid slots are toggleable, which basically means that the player can click on them to change whether um, items can be there to be crafted or not. Uh, unlike the crafting table, the slots display a preview of the crafted item, which will be crafted and ejected on the next respawn pulse, but cannot be manually taken out by the player. Uh, the user interface is shared between all players interacting with them, meaning that multiple players can interact with them at the same time, similar to chests and hoppers. The user interface does not have a recipe book to provide help, so the player must know the recipes. That's pretty. That that makes sense because the crafter is a pretty advanced block in the first place. The crafter also ejects one crafted item at a time when powered by a new redstone pulse, a redstone signal that is not a continuous signal. Upon receiving this new signal, crafters eject the recipe result from the front face, and all the resulted items will be ejected together when the output result has multiple types of items. So, for example, rails will output all the rails at the same time. They can interact with hoppers and droppers to input output automatically. So if you want to put hoppers on the both insert and pull items out of them or droppers to insert items into them so that um, when moving items in from another block with a hopper or a dropper, it prioritizes filling item into slot by following these rules. If there's a toggle slot, that slot is skipped. If it's not toggled, the crafter pr prioritizes the first empty slot from left to right and top to bottom. So it goes, yeah. And then if there's not a toggle slot, and there are no empty slots, the crafter prioritizes the smallest stack of the same item. If there are multiple possible stacks, you pick the first from left to right, and then top to bottom. If failed to select a slot, hoppers and droppers will not take any action. In red, when read by a redstone comparator, the redstone signal strength is 0 to 9, where each non-empty or toggled slot adds 1 strength. So basically, it's just a way to automatically input items into a crafting table and for it to spit it out um, when uh, you apply a redstone signal to it, which is super interesting because people have always been wanting to create some sort of automatic crafting system. So it's super cool to see Mojang try, try to implement that. Now, um, obviously, a completely automated, like, customizable crafting system would be overpowered, which is why they buffed, why they nerfed it, sorry, um, so that it, um, you can't really, like, make super intricate crafting recipes very easily and it's pretty complicated to use so that only experienced players will be able to understand it or um, and to be able to use it to craft uh, complicated items but it's super useful for those tedious repetitive crafting tasks to create like for example if you want to create stone bricks repeatedly you could just keep inputting it into the crafting table for hours and hours on end without needing to do anything i don't know if you have any thoughts on that Arian. Yeah, so quick question. Um, do you think like, like like you can feed items into the crafter where like, for example, like a hopper into the crafter, the crafter crafts it, and then that the output can be taken out of the crafter with the night hopper? Or will it be like only like activated by the player where only the player can do everything? 
Yeah, so the hopper, you can connect a hopper in both way, in both sides, the input and the output. So it's kind of like a furnace where you can input stuff into the furnace and output it from the furnace without doing anything. It's the same thing here. You'll be able to input it with those select rules that I that I mentioned before, where it'll input it into a specific order to be able to, cre to create the item automatically without needing any player input. Yeah, so I think like this would be like, I feel like revolutionize the whole like redstone like industry i guess um like one thing i can think of right now is like for example if you have an iron farm or like any farm that like a bone meal farm or any like ore farmer for something or something for example and you, you get like ingots from an iron farm but like for storage systems you want to convert them to blocks right so normally you have to go to like the storage systems like by yourself and craft everything like like by yourself literally into like um iron blocks or for example emeralds you have to craft it automatically into emerald blocks so you can store them more efficiently but if you if you add a crafter into this you can just like as you get nine iron you can just craft them into, into a block like instantly with, with like automatically so i think like in that aspect like farms will like all include this if they have like if they can craft something into something else that's easily stored like like iron into an iron block so i think like in that aspect it'll be really cool to see how it can be implemented but also i don't know of how like more complex redstone machines will work like crafters feeding into crafters feeding into crafters for example like like literally can have like um like a tnt system mining stone that stone makes like a pickaxe and the pickaxe goes into your chest or like some automated like i don't know some ore farming or something where you have tnt machines that blow up the ore those ore are collected by some hopper the hopper goes to a crafter and or to a smelter the smelter smelts the ore into a crafter and then the crafter crafts you all this armor i mean just like like the possibilities are just endless like crafting like anything automatically just like really cool to, to see that how that would be implemented in future farms future systems and in general the game like in general i mean for, uh, for sure like like casual players won't use it that much i mean it'll be pretty useful to, like just have it around and it, it's not that hard to get it doesn't require like dragon's breath for example but i feel like more for like redstone people just like a big like Oh my god, there's so many possibilities you can create. Like all the machines, all like the new inventions. It was just like it just changes like everything from for, for at least for me. Um but I just mentioned it is right now an experimental feature. So I just want to see like how like Mojang might like nerf it more in the future, buff it, or maybe not add it to the game. I mean like they introduced this so they'll probably add it to the game. But I just wanna see it, like what changes will go through before it like it gets added to like one point twenty point one or any future versions. But I just, I just like, I just, I just can't, wrap, can't wrap my head around like how much like, this could bring to Minecraft as a whole, especially for like the technical community and redstone community. Just like the whole contraptions, redstone contraptions, and the whole process, just like kind of like, like extraordinary for me. Just like imagining like what people can cook up with their, with this crafter. Yeah, definitely for sure. One of the um huge uh one of the huge things as you mentioned was the improved efficiency for farms right that's definitely a huge part of this crafter that will definitely improve it because before you had to have rows and rows of chests for an iron farm for example and now you'll be able to have one chest fit in all of that without needing any manual labor at all you can just run it in the background and have stacks and stacks of iron blocks instead of ingots now but also another thing that I wanted to mention is that it also improves those super technical farms like you said. For example, there was this farm that I remember from Ray's work.
works who created a beacon farm right basically just farms all of the items that's needed for a beacon to craft a beacon now the one small thing that stopped this from being a completely automatic farm was the crafting stage to make that beacon now this could make that beacon farm completely automatic. Now that's crazy to me. You could just be creating, pumping out beacon after beacon after beacon without needing to do a thing. You could just be sitting on your couch watching that chest fill up with stacks and stacks of beacons. Now that's just crazy. But obviously this requires a lot of technical knowledge and a lot of technical thinking, which is I think why Mojang added this to the game because they really want um, people to the experienced people to be able to use it but of course it should also be used by people who are just casual players and they could obviously use it to create those repetitive crafting tasks that require that they want for their builds and stuff like that obviously that's also a huge consideration for, for mojang that they need to do that right yeah so i mean like if you think about it, like like individually like just just crafting stuff i mean it doesn't take that long but if you just add up like okay one second or like half a second per craft, and then you just add up like mega builds or like mega like resource mining or like crafting things, like the time adds up and it might not seem like much, but I feel like it really just like kind of change how like farms and builds will work in general. Just idea of a crafter like at the end steps for sure, like crafting for example, you get wood, you want to craft into planks, like even the little stuff like crafting logs into planks like in like a like a wood farm um that little stuff can be solved with the crafter so just like a small little thing that you like you might think about like i mean like it's, it's so easy to craft like a stack of um logs into like four like four stacks of planks but like having that automated just like lets you have like a start to finish process instead of you being in there in the middle crafting it into something else but having this that, that start to finish process in the middle like for example like like one thing I can think of right now is like bamboo. Like for example, when I when I'm in my world and I have a bamboo farm, I usually I usually use a bamboo for like emeralds. So I, what I have to do is have to mine all the bamboo, um, and then craft into sticks, and those sticks I can give to the Fletchers. But crafting the sticks is always really like kind of painful for me because like I mean like two sacks of bamboo is one sack of sticks. Uh, yeah. So that's mean that just means I I can't I I figure, like like uh, inventory of bamboo then I get half inventory sticks and get more bamboo then sticks and like just a whole process for me so maybe like I, I could implement like an automatic bamboo farm but I, I still get bamboo which then you craft the sticks so even that small little thing of crafting bamboo to sticks where it doesn't take much time which is kind of annoying and like I mean it does take time if you add it all up that smaller thing can impl like can impact people's lives completely in minecraft yeah for sure and that um that definitely is super useful in removing that intermediary step as you were talking about for example in the in the to get bamboo to sticks to fletcher definitely eliminates that intermediary step and i've also remembered um how this crafter right it's like it's people have been theorizing about how to make this in the vanilla game for so long they've been creating it um in different uh in different builds for example i know the cubic meter has created one but um they've always required some sort of modification to the game usually some people have created some that didn't work but they've but um they usually had to make a modification to the game where you would be able to input something into a crafting table so um and these people would spend so much time making these huge 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 builds 
to create to make a crafter and now it's super nice to see that mojang has actually added that block into the game so that people can actually create those kinds of builds in the vanilla game where it's actually relevant to the game and people can actually make it in their survival vanilla worlds to create it and be able to make some super cool builds to be able to um, follow through with making those uh, to add it on to those farms again to remove that intermediary step and to be able to actually have a final um, block that to be able to really um, farm every single block in the game as Ray's works has been doing right he's been trying to farm every block in the game and this could actually make it possible to be able to truly make those blocks in the final chest so you don't have to do anything or craft any of these blocks it really revolutionizes the whole game the whole playing field in the redstone playing field in my opinion um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to give up, like, too much about the crafter since it is technically part of, like, Minecraft Live and 1.20, um, 1, which we'll talk about in next episode, but just kind of cool to see how exactly will expand in the future. Um, anything else about the snapshot, Nicola? No, I think that's it. That's all of the major and minor features that Mojang added to that snapshot. And now let's go on to the third snapshot of this month, uh, snapshot 23W43A. For, uh, which was released on October 25th, 2023. Uh, this is the fourth snapshot for Java Edition 1.20.3, adding uh, the copper and tough family blocks under experimental features and introduces a new look of bats and adds the slash tick command and fixes bugs. All right, so let's get let's jump into the minor features. So the slash tick command is a new administrative and debugging command which allows the player to control the ticking flow and measure the performance of the game. It requires elevative permissions, so basically you just have to be an admin to be able to use it. And so it is not uh, by default available in command blocks and data packs. Um, so the slash tick query it outputs the current target ticking rate with, with information about the tick time's performance. Slash tick rate rate sets a custom target ticking rate to the specific value. The value rate must be greater than 1 and lower than one, uh, 10,000. Slash tick freeze freezes all gameplay events except for players and an entity a player is riding. Slash tick step only works when the game is frozen. It runs the game for the specific number of ticks and then freezes the game again. This allows to step through a game a set amount of ticks at a time. Slash tick step stop stops the current stepping process and refreezes the game. Slash tick unfreeze unfreezes the game. Slash tick sprint runs the game while ignoring the set ticking target time for the specified number of ticks. At the end of the sprint, the game will resume the freeze ticking target and display performance information about the ticks time while sprinting. Slash tick sprint stop, where stops the current slash tick sprint and resumes the previous ticking target. Now, this is very, like, it's a minor feature. Most people won't be using it, but it's super important in one as uh, in one aspect, and that's to, like, run farms for a super long time or see what's happening in those milliseconds in a redstone contraption, what's going wrong, what's going right, right, all those things. And it's super interesting because this feature is in the carpet mod. Right, so it's basically the exact same thing, just with a couple different things, I'm pretty sure. And they just added this into the game. Now, it's super interesting to see Mojang drawing from these kinds of mods to add it to the game, to be able to um, really make the game a better, better as the modding community thought it should be. Right, and it's again, it's super interesting to be able to have these types of commands to be able to diagnose what's going wrong and wrong in, for example, a redstone machine or something, or to see step by step what's happening. This could also be used in so many different aspects. For example, people can now create a um, 
a sort of like a freeze mod without needing mod, right? You could just make it so that an item or something freezes the whole game without truly needing a modif to modify the game in any way. You could just use a data pack for that. And it's super interesting to see Mojang adding that. I don't know if Aryan, you have any anything to add to the slash tick command? Um, I mean, I've used, definitely used it before, like just increase tick speed, to, like make my bamboo grow faster, yay. But uh, I haven't really used it that much. I guess it's more for like the technical community. People want like playing creative a lot to just like increase the speed of their world. So it is people do that definitely do use it to like make their bamboo grow faster. But um, I guess it doesn't really impact as many people as a crafter would. But it definitely does impact a small select group of people who actually use that command frequently. Yeah, definitely. It's it's one of those minor features that is technically game breaking, but most people won't notice it at all, right? All right, let's keep going into the jigsaw block, which added a couple two new input fields into the added screen, the selection priority and the placement priority. Um, and this functionality has been added to support the ability for jigsaw structures to generate branches in a depth first order, as well as give finer control over ordering of connections, all right, which is okay. Um, they changed a couple things with items such as arrows, which are special, and they changed special arrows such as spectral arrows, no longer reverting to regular arrows when shot and picked up, which is super nice because when I shoot my spectral arrows and I miss somebody, I really don't want to lose that glowstone because, well, I, I'm, let's admit it, I'm not a really good shot. I'm going mi to be missing most of those shots and I, and I don't want to be wasting that many arrows or that, that much glowstone. They also changed the ender pearl so that thrown ender pearls produce a teleportation sound on impact. They also changed the bat with their model animation and textures have been updated to something a lot better than what it used to be before, which was pretty bland. The data pack version is now 22. The entity format uh, for the entity type arrow and spectral arrow uh, added the item tag. The NBT format for entity type trident renamed the trident to item uh, in the NBT tag. The, the resource pack version is now 20, with bat.png being changed and adding a couple new models uh, and block state definitions for a bunch of different blocks related to copper and tough. They also added unique sprites for the following block for copper and tough again. Uh, telement, they changed a couple things to telementary data collection strain, which is a new screen added a couple snapshots ago. Okay, uh, I th think that is it oh they updated uh, the crafter texture which okay uh, and it also now emits a sound when failing to craft an item which is interesting and they changed a couple things with tags and uh, added a couple bug fixes for again from various parts of the game uh i don't know if you have anything to add to those minor features Arian. yeah so one thing i want to mention just like this like like mods in relation to minecraft as a whole i mean mods of people are modifications to the game developed by like people will play the game to like just improve how they play the game. And um, I, can, I can feel more and more that like, I mean, it's probably not true, but like um, Minecraft is kind of like getting inspiration from mods and just adding them to the game. I mean, like there are, there are like mods on literally everything. Like there's mods on like all, like all the animals in the world. There's, mo there's mods on like every red something you can think of. So, I mean, I feel, I just, I kind of feel like um, mods are kind of like, kind of like the futuristic Minecraft feel. I mean, there are some mods that are like, um, definitely not what Minecraft to add, like all these like superhero mods or like big, um, the modifications that just like, kind of ruin the game, but also make it really complicated. So Minecraft will really add those, but just like in general, some, some, some mods, like mods that add like penguins or mods that add like, like dinosaurs, for example, 
maybe not dinosaurs, but I'm just, I just, I just mean that like, I kind of feel like Minecraft just kind of taking inspiration from like mods or just in general, just like, um, like mods are kind of like the futuristic Minecraft and Minecraft kind of like updating to the state of the mods. Um, but yeah, anyway, just like to back off from the mods, um, these snapshots had like some pretty interesting stuff, like the crafter especially, but some more like important but minor like bug fixes and some like small features like tags or creative features to the game. Yeah, so um, I, uh, there's also some new experimental additions that they added to the snapshot. These include the chiseled copper block, which has four variants and four oxidation levels, which are waxed or not waxed. They can also be crafted in the crafting table or the stone cutter, uh, which is basically just, if you remember, the stone chiseled block. Um, it's, a, uh, it's basically just a stone block with a nice drawing on it. Uh, the copper bulb is a light emitting block that can toggle its light emission through redstone pulses. So it's basically just a redstone lamp. With uh, made of copper that can be oxidized with again four four var eight variants and four oxidation levels waxed or not waxed, it can be crafted in a crafting table with a cross pattern by placing three blocks of copper from the same type, one blaze rod in the center slot, and one redstone dust in the bottom slot, resulting in one copper ball with the same type. So it's interesting that they're using a blaze rod here to light up uh, by act getting activated by redstone because instead in the uh, redstone lamp they used glowstone. Um, to create the redstone lamp, but here they use blaze rods, which is an interesting change. Though we do have the end rod, which uses a blaze rod to light up, so that's um, that's probably where they got the inspiration from. They also emit less light the more oxidized they are, which is super interesting because that means that you could have um, progressive lighting changes as the, your building gets older. So now it's really um, interesting how Mojang has added these copper blocks before and now they're adding this so that you can really show how long you've been playing the game and how much time has passed since you've built that build and now when it's like super old, run down, all green and uh, you can even add some vines to show how old it is, everything, right? All that kind of stuff. It would be interesting, I don't know if they're ever going to add a feature where stone cracks over time. I don't know. That, I feel like that would be a pretty interesting addition, but I don't, I don't think they're going to add that anytime soon. But they also, um, while powered by a redstone signal, a redstone crystal in the center of them will glow. So that's interesting. It's kind of like um, how in a redstone torch, uh, you have like the red, redstone particles instead of the black particles uh, coming out here. It's going to be pretty similar, except that it's going to be like the light itself is going to be red, which is interesting because um, I feel like it should be yellow because the blaze rod is yellow, but hey, they have they make their own choices. Um, they also have a couple prior properties, so they only toggle their light on or off when receiving a redstone pulse. Uh, their state will not cha be changed if the source of the redstone pulse is removed, and when the light is on, redstone comparators will read a redstone signal strength of 15, and they don't conduct redstone power. So this is interesting because it basically means that the natural... The, the light doesn't have a natural state, so you know how light bulbs in our lives turn off and on like um, when they have power or when they don't have power. This is going to be like, you don't need power to stay on. It's just like, kind of like you, the redstone power is required to change the state of the block, not to provide light to the block, you know. Uh, another thing that they added was a copper door and copper trap door, which have eight variations again with four oxidation levels, waxed or not waxed, like all the other ones. And it works like wooden doors and that they can be opened and closed by the players as well as redstone. And it, um, and it can be crafted as other doors with blocks of copper from the same type instead of ingots as an in iron doors. So it's interesting that they're going with the copper door being like the wooden door instead of the iron door 
um, because the iron door resembled more like a copper door that both metals instead of wooden doors, which are wood. But it's interesting that um, they decided to do that because with iron doors, you can't open it. So I feel like a copper door should be like similar to that. But again, they make their own choices. Copper grate, um, which is a new type of decorative block unique to the copper family, which has eight variations, four oxidations, waxed or not waxed. Again, uh, can be grafted in the crafting table and stone cutter, which consumes four blocks of copper from the same type in a rhombic pattern, uh, resulting in one copper grate with the same type. And on a stone cutter, it consumes one block of copper, resulting in four copper grates from the same type, uh, which is really interesting because here you've got a quarter of a block in a stone cutter and um, four blocks in so see so 16 times more blocks of copper to get the same thing instead of when using a crafting table versus a stone cutter it really shows that they're encouraging you to use the stone cutter which uh, is kind of obsolete but only to those who don't know about it because those who do know about it know that the stone cutter does use less material and honestly I'm going to repeat that again the stone cutter uses less material so you should use the stone cutter whenever you're crafting something out of stone because you 50 or 90 percent of the time you're going to save material they're also transparent, so they allow light to pass through and cannot conduct redstone. Uh, they also changed a couple things in, uh, for tough. They added a couple different blocks in tough, such as tough stairs, slabs, walls, chiseled, polished, polished stairs, polished slabs, polished walls, bricks, brick stairs, brick slab, brick walls, and chiseled bricks. Uh, it can be crafted in the crafting table or stone cutter like all the other families of stone. Um, now, it's interesting that they're expanding with tough as they have with sandstone, stone, nether brick and all those other families of stone but it doesn't make sense because tough is technically a type of stone that look that is located underground and it was that last type of block that didn't have the um the stone uh variants as the other ones so i guess it makes sense that they added that i don't know if you have any thoughts on that Arian. yeah i mean like i've like basically never used a stone cutter so i didn't really affect me personally but i know there are people who do use stone cutters like you and I mean, I guess it does have its uses for just cutting stone in general. So I mean, just kind of like the mind thing. People who use stone cutters will like, like be happy to know it's changed. But definitely use stone cutters if you can, if you want to cut stone for some reason. But yeah, that's all for me. All right, yeah. Um, I think that's going to be wrap it up for this episode. That's been the three snapshots that they've added in the, in the past three weeks. Uh, I hope you guys have enjoyed um and we'll see you in the next episode where we'll, we'll talk about minecraft live and the upcoming 1.20.1 with the features that they announced anyway see ya yeah thank you for listening bye